Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bill Roden on Sports, Bros Pod. Uh, it's been about a couple weeks or so, but we're back in the, or oh, I'm back in the undisclosed location, and Bill is in a, I guess, a super undisclosed location. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got we got right. Bill, we got Bill on the phone, able to uh, corral him in before before the Christmas holiday. Where and you're you're are you going to be in town? I'm actually headed out the country. Okay. Uh, Not right now. We speak. Oh, really? Uh, well, practically. Okay. You know. Uh, but yeah, you know. Okay. So we're uh, looking forward to that. I'm going to visit my brother. Okay. Who's so, an opera singer in Europe. Okay. Okay. So, if, so if you're a loyal listener to the show, you can you can figure that out. You can go back right. many uh, episode and uh, and because we had your brother. And, right. uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. If they if they Google that, they man, brother, how come I got to do all that? Can't you just tell us where you're going? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you know, we we try to make things complicated. <laughs> right. So Google the episode with my brother Gerard Roden. Right. G I R A R D. And uh that's where I'm going. All right. Good stuff. Now what what have you been up to? The last thing I wrote, I did something with the undefeated uh on the Heisman mm-hmm. just before um uh the brother from Oklahoma won. I did a nice little video um commentary on him because actually three of the um three of the finals were all Quarterbacks of color, two brothers and a brother from Samoa, right. Alabama, Tua. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess I was, the theme of the piece was wondering is this finally that breakthrough that we've been looking for? A lot of people say the whole black quarterback issue is dead. Mm. And uh, I'm not really sure it is. I mean, I guess, depending on your generation, uh, I guess to me it would be dead when, you know, black quarterbacks are as numerous as black defensive backs and linebackers and wide receivers. To, you mean, you know, so you mean uh, dominate the position? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, I could say, then I could say, you know, okay, it's over. Right. Uh, right now, I, I still think there are little artificial barriers to that happening. Um, you know, probably at the high school level, you know, because people want to, you know, I mean, I'm like wondering what's that like when brothers finally take over everything. Right. When we're the, we're the halfbacks. With the wide receivers, with all the quarterbacks, you know, right. and I think now with you know Joe, you know, with this whole wave of Rivers, Breeze, uh, Brady, um, Manning, you know, that group is just about pretty much on the way out. Right. And you've got Prescott, uh, brother at uh, Houston. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. Um, yep. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. Uh, who else? Cam. So how many are there? I mean, when you look at starters. Uh, okay, uh, so AFC East. You have mm-hmm. no one. Uh, a- AFC North. Well, as a starter. We're as a starter, starters, yeah. Right? Yeah, New England, Miami, Buffalo, Jets. Uh, neither of those have a black starter. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, yes, Baltimore, uh, Lamar, Jackson, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cleveland, no. Cincinnati, big, no. Big time starter. Yeah, big time starter. Well, he started this year, and he's mm-hmm. taken over the position. Uh doing big things, but people, of course, saying uh, he's just a runner. 
Uh, we'll see. Oh, he's just an athlete. What an athlete! Right, he's just an athlete. Not you know, not really a passer, but uh, whatever he's doing seems to be working. Uh, you got Houston. Right. We we mentioned Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's. I wanted to actually talk to you talk about him today because you know to me they're a bit you know they're a big time sleeper. Houston's ten and four, and he's he's running the show. You know he's a he's a proven winner even from college. He uh, at Clemson right. he was doing this stuff. But we'll get back to him. So you got Deshaun Watson in Houston. Uh, uh, Mariota is a is a quarterback of color. I would say of color. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you got – and then Kansas City, perhaps the best quarterback in the league this year is uh, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, oh, yeah. who's, who is black, who's – you know, his father was the, a pitcher for the Mets. Um, yeah. So – but it's funny how we never, we never really talk about Mahomes in that way. Right. Uh, I mean, that show is father. And I didn't realize his father was a pitcher. Right. Probably, for the Mets for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Obviously, he's mixed – um, I'm wonder. I right. wonder if. It, well, you can be quote unquote mixed. You just don't want to be mixed up. Yeah, we're right, all, right, right. We're all mixed in some way. Mixed. Right. We're all mixed. But you know, I mean, as a difference between mixed being mixed up. Right. And can't you know? Well, I don't know. You know that kind of. Right. You know, so being quote unquote mixed, that's the American thing. We're all mixed. Right. But if you're black, you just don't want to be mixed up. Right. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So I would say you got one, two, three. In the AFC. Right. Uh, then we go to the NFC. You got Dallas. Well, which I guess starters, not backups. Yeah. There are some, there yeah. are some backups. Well, three, three starters, three starters, three black uh, quarterback starters in the, in the AFC. In the NFC, you got Dallas. That's one. Uh, Washington, I guess that counts for now. Uh, jo- is it yeah, Josh, Johnson, yeah. Josh Johnson? Um, Chicago, no. Minnesota, no. Green Bay, Detroit, no. Carolina, Cam Newton, that's two. Uh, Jameis Winston, that's three in the NFC. You got uh, Russell Wilson, that's four in the NFC. So you got four. So you have seven. It looks like you have seven total out of... uh, 32 starters, right? Out of 32 starters. Seven out of 32. Yeah. So what percentage is that? Is that... uh, um, I'm not great on percentages. It's not a high percentage. Let me see. 32... Seven divided by thirty-two—that's twenty-two percent. Twenty-two percent. So you'd have people who would argue, you know, well, hell, come on, you're only, uh, you know, you're only, you know, right, three percent or thirteen percent of the population. What do you want? I'm like, say, well, when it, yeah, but look, when you look at the NFL, if we did that same thing, as I talk about, okay, black cornerbacks, black safety, black linebackers, black wide receivers. Uh, half that. The percentage would kind of shoot up to probably like I'd say probably like 80, 85, 90 percent. Yeah, those other positions for sure. Uh, so and, when and, it gets to be like that, which which I think it should be, then I'll say that the the issue is dead. When we're, we're saying that, you know, man, they're like almost like I'd even say fifty percent. Okay, so at the college level, is there still a problem? Is there still an issue at the college level? Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's where the issue is, at the college level and the high school uh, at the high school level. Right. Yeah, I think that's where you got – I think even in baseball, man, a lot of black major leaguers say that's where those white coaches weed it out at that high school level. You know, because you got a lot of young black kids who are playing, you know, like they may still live in black 
neighborhoods. They have like a black little league and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but it's like when they go out to the high school team, because I still think there's a lot of protectionism. Right. You know, there's a lot of protectionism. Like they're trying to preserve that stuff, you know, for their sons, you know. Well, I remember, you know, I was when I was in high school, uh, I played fresh. I played football three or four years, three of my four years. First year, I was on the freshman in the, in the JV team, and I did want to play quarterback. That was the position I wanted to play, and immediately I was pretty much told I was pretty much put at tight end, wide receiver, or well, Jamal, running back. I do that too. If you shoot, I say Jamal, are you as big as you are, man? I <laughs> no, play tight end, man. <laughs> right. So I, I think I think, but I think that's part. I mean, I was one. I was I was definitely the best athlete in that grade for no for no you know no question so so if they can put you somewhere else and then have a lesser athlete who can who actually has an arm or something if they can you know if, you know what i mean they could justify by saying we're just right. trying to kill two birds with one stone this is what we have so if you can play multiple positions let's put you somewhere else and this kid we have here who can't run um but he has a strong right. arm why not put him at quarterback to make the team better so what would you say to that argument well, I'd say it's two things. I mean, what we don't know is that if you're a white kid, you know, best athlete, honestly, a white kid, you came out and said, I want to play quarterback. Right. Oh, good point. Would they say, okay, yeah, all right. Right. All right, we'll give it a shot. Right. You know. Right. Versus, oh, we want you to play, you know, tight end or, or you know, something. Right. You know. So we'd almost need anecdotal evidence, which I'm sure exists. <laughs> You know, I'm sure that that has happened. Right. So I think with the, with these three guys in the Heisman, you know, I, I, we reached a tipping point where now we're head toward that thing where it's like 50 percent mm-hmm. in the next few years. 50 percent of the starting quarterbacks are going to be, you know, either African American or of color. Um, and I think that, you know, once you like have guys leading people to the playoffs and Super Bowls, and you realize that you just cannot, you know, I'm sure back in the day when they were trying to only have a couple black guys on the team, and then all of a sudden, man, you had three or four wide receivers or three or four black right you know, then it's a, it's a domino effect that now you need fast offensive linemen to block for the fast halfbacks. You need faster defensive linemen faster defensive, but, you know, you said you just can't, you can't screw around with it or else you're going to lose. So, you know, I'm just wondering if this is a tipping point. So, and you, and you think, you, you think it is because, because of the three, the three finalists, the three quarterback finalists? Well, I, you know, I, I, I think I'm wondering if it is. Mm. Could this be, that was a theme of my commentary. Are we, are we reaching a tipping point or, you know, I know a lot of people want to say it's dead, but uh, yeah, what do you think? I mean, you're you're uh, you're just beyond. You're in the outer edges of millennials. Right. Uh, what, what is your generation, by the way? Good question. Are you generation X or are you generation millennials? Well, I think millennials. Anyway, I'm like right. I'm like I'm, I think I just missed. I'm just outside the millennials. I don't know what they call us though. I think we were the forgotten. <laughs> we the forgotten lost generation. generation but, in a long lost. But what do you think? Do you think that? The, the issue is dead, and we're kind of beyond it now. No, no way, no way. I, I think I don't. I don't even know how anybody could argue that it's not an issue because one, we're talking about it, right? And we're and we are smart people um, 
who see what's going on. So it's so we we both know it's an issue. We're not alone. Um, uh, there there've been you know numerous stories already written this year about uh, you know Lamar Jackson. Uh, things that are being said about him, the fact that they didn't even want, you know, most a lot of teams didn't even want, they wanted him to play a different position coming out of college uh, for whatever right. reason, even though he won the Heisman as a quarterback. Uh, you know, you're talking about Heisman, there are three minority or black or brown Heisman finalists. Um, will they even get a shot to play uh, quarterback at the next level? Because some, of, some, some teams don't, didn't want to give Lamar Jackson a shot. Uh, you had a situation with with Deshaun Watson earlier in the season, uh, where the guy, you know, you know, where somebody oh, on yeah. Facebook, uh, you know, these black quarterbacks don't make good decisions and blah blah yeah, blah. The but, superintendent, uh, a superintendent, the school, I think, in Houston, right? In a tweet, you know, you can't trust you can't trust black quarterbacks to make these kind of decisions, right? You know? We, and, we and then, you know, the kid in Oklahoma is going to play baseball, I think, right? Uh, yeah, another problematic sport. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if he gets a shot at either one of the either one of those uh, situations. So I mean, yeah, like for instance, the Deshaun Watson story. We didn't make that up. I mean, it's an issue. So, you know, this this that was a real story. Um, so that you know that that barrier still exists. And you know, to call out Deshaun Deshaun Watson. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, as I said before, they're ten and four. Uh, they started at one and three. They won nine straight games. Uh, you know, with him at the helm, uh, they've won ten of eleven. Uh, I think they're second in the AFC, um, you know, very under the radar. And then you have, you know, you're questioning a guy like that still gets questioned. So, I mean, obviously there's something, there's something that's still, it's still an issue. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, who knows, man, you could have two of them facing off in the, uh, or three, you know, in the final four, two in the AFC, two in the NFC, you know, you know, um, and it's about winning. Right. You know, it's about winning and, and leadership and all that. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's an issue that's uh, live and well. Then uh, what else have, have I been up to? I'm working uh, with the Museum of the City of New York on a very exciting upcoming exhibit about uh, uh, who's got uh, a New York the City game about basketball in New York City and uh, how New York City became the mecca of basketball. And... Uh, it is still the mecca of basketball, but a lot of it is how it became the mecca of basketball. So that's going to be a very that that, that exhibit is going to be in uh, 2020. That's, so very, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. We had, we had one big meeting, and you know, a lot of people were. It was you know, whenever you talk about that, you know, you got guys from Detroit, Chicago. Everybody thinks their city, you know, played all the basketball. But you played in New York. I mean. Did you go up thinking that New York was a mecca of basketball? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, we—I grew up thinking that New York was the the mecca of everything, you know. So, <laughs> but def, but right. definitely basketball. I mean, it's definitely the home of the point, the point guards. Uh, you know, handling the basketball. Uh, New York has always been known for that because of the the street ball. Uh, you know, origins. Um, you know, it, New York, but at the same time, New York. Players have always had the stigma of, of you know, maybe not being able to shoot, uh, but you know, exactly. because, because you played, because you grew up playing outdoors or whatever. Even though that's that's just a myth, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, but yeah, as the the mecca, I grew up thinking, and most people, and you, you know, you talk to NBA players now, 
that you know nobody forces them to say it. They all come out and say, you know, Madison Square Garden is the mecca. Uh, New York City is the mecca of basketball. And uh, speaking speak, speaking of the mecca of basketball, I was there last night, and the you know perhaps you know the best college basketball player in the country, and definitely the most hyped and the most popular uh, Zion Williamson. Uh, he made his he made his Madison Square Garden debut last night for Duke mm. as they came in they came in and played Texas Tech uh, in a non conference game, and and it was a it was a sellout. Uh, there was like there was a real buzz, you know. Everybody was get everybody got there early. They wanted to see warm ups, uh, you know. Mm. It was almost like LeBron was in the house or something. Like you don't, wow. you, don't you don't you don't feel that type of buzz, you know, often. And it was it was similar to when LeBron comes to MSG or LeBron comes to to Barclays in Brooklyn. Um, so I mean, I mean, this kid, he's he's definitely the truth as far as, I mean, he's a real draw. You know, it's it's rare that it's rare that college basketball games in the garden really completely sell out. So and I would right, right. I would have to give I would have to, you know, uh give Zion the credit for that. Um obviously he's making the NCAA and, and college basketball and Duke a lot of money this year. Um he looks like the real deal. What what's what's your take just on, you know, what you've seen of him so far? You know, what's your take on, you know, the hype he's getting and all that? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's a short sample, what I've seen. Um, I saw the season opener and all that. So clearly, in terms of the height, he's clearly a very charismatic player. Right. Um, you know, um, how good, well, I guess time will tell. I mean, you look at Wendell Carter, mm-hmm. who I guess, <laughs> whose place he took. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Wendell Carter, man, is having a, a sensational uh, rookie year. Right. So I think you could, you you can judge, kind of what somebody's doing at a place like Duke, what they'll be doing um, in the NBA. So so far so good. I mean, we'll see. I guess my my only issue, and I've been rethinking and rethinking, is with Shashevsky mm-hmm. and how he's basically almost replaced Calipari as the king of one and done. He has. It's official. And, you know, there was a time when he was really adamant about the whole education thing. And I was going to take him to task for that. And I'm like, well, do you take him to task for it or do you simply laud him for, you know, going, you know changing with the times? Right. Obviously, he would say he would say he's changed. He's changing with the times. And I think he would also say, you know, not just the times of basketball, but he would he would probably argue that he he now sees uh, now he he understands why kids make certain decisions. I think he would he would say, you know, he you know maybe whereas before he he may not have gotten it or uh, you know he, he felt that you know kids might have been making mistakes leaving early. Now at least he he'll tell you. That you know, when guys leave, it's for a good reason. It's you know because they the money is there. Uh, they, they either need the money or they're jeopardizing. Uh, you, you know, as you always say, players have a you know as far as athletics, they have a shelf life um, that's that decreases as you get older. Unlike any other profession, so exactly. they they only have a certain amount of time that they can that they can take advantage of that. And I think he would 
he would you know he would point to that now and it's funny because he you know at the after the game last night uh you know just he he mentioned how you know a lot of his guys have you know nowadays the last few years his guys leave leave early and he was quick to say right after that you know for good reason you know he he put that in there like for a good reason so it's on his mind he always tries to he always tries to put it out there like now you know I understand it's not a negative anymore that these guys are leaving early so I mean he's obviously you know changed his position and whether it was just completely opportunistic uh you know for, as to the reason why he did it you got to you got to say uh, you know most of it has to do with winning and losing um but I think through that he 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 understands that you know he understands the difference nowadays where you know it's oftentimes the right move for the kid to to leave early and it's been a win win. I mean, everybody goes to the beach because right. clearly he's winning. I mean, he could have. I, I, you know, I'd have to go back and find out what he said publicly and in private about Calipari. Right. You know, when Calipari started this stuff back with, you know, Derek Rose and, and, uh, you know, where, what was, what was, how has, what did Shashevsky say? What'd you say now? I mean, he's just got so much, you know, he's a, USA basketball, he just got so many advantages. Um, and again, do you fault somebody for maximizing their position? Right. You know, in, in, in this industry. You know, um, and, you know, when he finally does decide to retire, will a black person step in and, and replace him as a head coach? Now, that's a separate issue. Do you want to be the guy to foul Shevsky? Probably. You're at Duke. Probably that's, another, that's another issue. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've been going back and forth about whether I should chide him, chide him for being opportunistic or is he just, you know, laud him for being, you know, with the time that you bring up some good points. But he's, if you are a basketball coach, do you either keep up with the times or, you know, fall behind and get fired. Yeah, I, and I think, I mean, obviously the smart thing, you know, if you want to continue to win and you want to keep your job, which, which obviously his job wasn't really in jeopardy, but right. is, is, to, is to adapt to the times. But also, you know, just hearing him talk about this year, for instance, uh, you know, Zion Williamson and they got R.J. Barrett and, and uh, Cam Reddish, those are the, and, uh, and also Trey... Jones, those are their three big freshmen this year, and just listening to him talk talk about them, and even you know you know thinking back on the past few years or so where he's always had where he's had these guys like Jalil Okafor and uh, and Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter, like you said, you know I think I think he gets also you know he as a coach as a as a big time coach you probably also want to have a hand in and coach you know the all the the best talent that's out there. Right. right. And, uh, so I think, you know, if, if you feel like you have that opportunity, even for one year, if you could be a part of those guys life and all those guys, regardless whether they go to you or not, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be superstars in the NBA. And if you can you can attach yourself to them and and even help them along the way, that has to be something that, you know, that has to be something that you look forward to doing and that, that you would you would want to be a part of, you know, just as a basketball yeah. coach and teacher. Yeah, no, I, I, I see that. Again, I'm, 
I'm not necessarily sold, but I've really right. just been thinking about that. And I know that uh, I haven't spoke with Kyla Carter recently, but I know she had issues with Krzyzewski, but I think it was more disillusion because, you know, we talk about this with Calipari and his young players. He wants them to move in and move out. Right. You know, I mean, he doesn't want Wendell Carter hanging around right. for another year. he got to make room for uh, Zion. Right. And, and, and probably he knows Zion, but also he probably wants Zion to move on because he's making room for somebody else. Right. You know, Zion does not impress me as the kind of guy who will lose a minute's sleep about going to the pros. I mean, I think Wendell Carter had some angst about, you know, whether he wants to stay in school or even when he wanted to go to Harvard or go to, you know. Right. I don't get the impression that, that Zion, Zion is losing a second's worth of sleep about those decisions. No, no, not at all. He, he, he'll be, he will be gone uh, next year, no question about it. I mean, he was, a, he was a star before he got to Duke. And, you know, you know go, just think about last night's game. He didn't disappoint at all. Uh, the ref, the referees might have disappointed because they. It's almost like he's a fish, he's such a big guy. He's about two eighty five, uh, six seven. Is really you know a forty five inch vertical leap, quick on his feet. Uh, you know graceful. We've never really seen somebody like this before. I mean, you can even compare him to like a Shaq in terms of being so big for his position, and but also graceful at the same time. Remember how especially in college, referees had problems, uh, you, know, right. uh, you know, giving them too many charges or, you, you know, like if he just turns around and touches somebody, they're going to fall. Uh, it, you know, it's that type of situation with Zion, and he was in foul trouble all night, ended up fouling out, but still led – he still led Duke in points with 17 and had 13 rebounds, and Duke ends up winning. I mean, they – to me, they, they just have far and away the most talent. Uh, it's young talent. But, you know, all those guys are smart players also. they got a Hall of Fame coach. Um, so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to beat them come March because they're going to be even better than they are now, and they're winning games now. It was interesting after the game that uh, uh, Coach K addressed uh, the learning curve of these because they're all 18. He has four 18-year-olds starting, and he addressed the learning curve that they're going through now uh, after the game. This is what he said. When you're a freshman, you haven't really been coached against. Like in high school, someone might hold the ball on you or boxing, box, triangle and two guys on you. So they're learning, he and RJ especially, what really good teams will try to do to take away your strengths. And what that should do is make you better once you learn how to do, how to do that. So... Um, Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. 
For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports for your free audiobook. I, I wonder, you know, you know, Krzyzewski is a big-time Republican. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what he thinks. I mean, is he, is he a Trump Republican? And what does he think about all these, these kind of really racist policies, these, this racist atmosphere? Um, you know, what does he think about this whole push to roll back affirmative action when he's got a team of all like these black kids? Mm-hmm. And, okay, if you want to follow through, well, let's, let's remove them from Duke. You know, and I bring that up not to be gratuitous, but can you have it both ways? If you're making all your money for all these young black men and you're in the midst of a party and of an administration that's been clearly anti-black, very uh, unsympathetic to black causes, black things, I would just wonder, I would just love to have a conversation with Krzyzewski about that. Now these Republican kind of head coaches, you know, who, you know, Brady and Belichick, mm-hmm. all these guys who have got all these black guys on their team in the locker room, and how do you reconcile that with supporting a person, an administration that is just so anti-people of color? That's something I've always wondered about, and, I, and, and, and especially with Coach K, you know, years ago, you know, he had to, he had an issue with Obama. He made he made a couple of comments about that. He was he was a known he was a known Republican. But then recently, and I you know I'm assuming he's still a Republican. Um, but I you know, but I've I've noticed recently him, you know, being less of a, or at least publicly, he, being less of like a outwardly right wing guy. I mean he he supported. You remember in in uh, in North Carolina. They had, you know, the bathroom, the bathroom law situation, right. and that was that was controversial. He supported the NBA uh, taking taking the All Star game out of North Carolina, and that was surprising to me because I was like, you know, you know, I know this guy's a Republican. It's weird that he would take the opposite uh, stance. So I, I do wonder whether, you know, just like he's changing on on this, uh, you know, one and done issue, maybe he's. He's starting to, you know, he's he's recruiting a different type of player now. Maybe he's more relatable to the to the black athlete. I don't know, but I don't know. And I'm and like you said, I'm assu- I'm, assu- I'm assuming he's still a Republican. I doubt he would just he's a Democrat now. But I do see a little shift. You know, I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm seeing a little shift, and I'm not trying to give him credit for that. But I'm just, you know, it's just something I'm I'm noticing. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of shifting. Uh, we're heading into the uh, NFL playoff season, which I think is the greatest part of the season. You want to talk about that? Yeah, on the yeah. AFC side, you got the Chiefs, and the, and the and I and I would have said a couple weeks ago it was between the Chiefs and the Patriots. The Patriots 
are falling off. It look, you know, at least in the regular season, the last couple last couple games they've lost. They yeah, also, who do you think about Josh? Uh, Josh Gordon, yeah. I mean, uh, that, yeah, man. Obviously, he has a he has a substance abuse problem, and I hope he gets over it. That's really, you know, where I'm coming from as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really too bad. In fact, when I heard the news yesterday, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of you know, the NFL, by the NBA, is probably not the best place for you. Right. Right. It's probably not the best place for you. Right. Um, just the pressure, the temptation. I just think, you know, and you know, I just not the best place for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I keep thinking of uh, the uh, Gil Scott Heron's uh, record, the bottle, mm-hmm. and is one line with his people just say, "Kick it, quit it." But have you ever tried? <laughs> you know, right, right. and it must be to be addicted to anything. It just must be awful. Right. Just for like you said, that something to have that type of physiological, physical, psychological hold on you that you just can't break it. You know, I saw him when the when the Patriots played the Jets a few weeks ago, and. You know, he came to the podium. You know, in the locker. I mean, he. I mean, he's a a nice guy. There's nothing. You know, he he doesn't carry himself in any kind of way where you would be. You know, you would look at him as like, oh, he's a problem or something. You know, he was actually impressive. Uh, you know, when when you talk to him or hear him speak, and so it it was to me it was shocking that you know you when you see him you're like, oh, he you know he looks like he got his life together. Look like he's looks like he's over it. And then two weeks later. You know, this comes out. So, I mean, it, you know, it's something that you can't, you know, you can't really make judgments about. You know, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, again, we only, you know, people say, we, you're, all you see is seeing him for 10 minutes on the podium. Right. Or 10 minutes in the locker room. Right. I mean, that's, that's like a symbol. Right. You know, we don't know these guys. Right. You know, we don't know what they're going through. I mean, what happens when they go home and... You could be one of the loneliest people or right. all the pressures and, you know, you got the cravings and all that. I mean, by, you know, you're, you're probably, I'm sure it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he was playing pretty well. So you could, it's not like there were, you know, I, you couldn't really see signs off on the field. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just a sad situation. And, yeah, and, and playing wise, I mean, I think this really could, because he was sort of, you know, taking, uh, really filling in for Gronkowski. Right. You know, kind of really helping them cope with Gronkowski not being, you know, Brock, not being Brock. Right. So uh, I think people who want to dance on the Patriots' grave are going to have an opportunity. Right. <laughs> so I think this really could be the beginning of the end. Yeah. And of, then, of this dynasty. Yeah, and then you have Brady, who's obviously, he's not the same. Um, and he, nor should he be. I mean, he's what, 40, 41 years yeah, old? Yeah, like 50 years old. Right, exactly. I mean, at some point, uh, he's not going to be the same quarterback. And uh, so you, you, have, you have that. But at the same time, they're still pretty good, right? They're still, I think, what is it? They're, they're what, nine and five, I think? You know, yeah. so, so they're still, they're still going to be in the playoffs. They're still going to be in the mix. And, then, and other teams have their own issues. You know, uh, Kansas City, they lost their best running back. They lost a the top five running back in Kareem Hunt because of his issues, uh, his domestic violence yeah. issue. Uh, so, you know, it's still, it's still pretty wide open, I think. And, then, and that's why I wanted to ask you, you know, we talked about Deshaun Watson earlier. Can, can he get it done? I mean, he, you know, he has that, 
you know, he has that ability. He has the the toughness, the the persona. He's done it before at the college level in terms of you know play, you know beating the best that there is. You know, surprising people by doing it. Can can Deshaun Watson take Houston on a Super Bowl run? Well, you know, I mean, Houston's playing really well, man. That defense is really playing well, you know, with Watt, right. with Clowney. I mean, it's really, really, it's almost beginning to be like the perfect storm. Right. Where you don't need Sean Watson to do everything. Right. You know, uh, make some plays um, and just be more opportunistic because that defense is really, really surging. Right. So I think right now um, Houston is in a pretty good position. And don't look now, but look at Baltimore. I mean, uh, uh, Indianapolis. Right. Right. Playing yeah. really well. That, that, that defense is playing great. Yeah. Indi- you know, Coast defense is playing great. Yeah, Indianapolis uh, actually. Luck is playing well, yeah. 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 Indianapolis actually gave Houston their only loss in their last in their last uh, 10 games. Uh, so, there's, you know, there's no question that they're for real. I mean, when you look at, when you look at Watson, um, you know, we know what he did at Clemson, but – we know what he did last year. He, he took the league by storm before he before he tore his ACL. Came back this year. Uh, he he's been like I said he's been a little under the radar, but it, but when you look at his numbers, he's been very good. He's sixth in uh, he's sixth ranked in QB rating. He's tenth in touchdown passes, thirteenth uh, passing yards. So he's been he's been doing his thing. He's also you know tied with uh, Drew Brees for the most fourth quarter and overtime comebacks. Yeah, I mean, again, getting back to this whole issue of whether the black quarterback issue is dead or not, and and, and really it's not so much, you know, when you start talking about his intangible, you know, the leadership ability, the winning, you know, that's all part of this conversation that I think white people in general could be reluctant to uh, talk about black people black men particularly in those terms of just being leaders and having the intangible qualities and, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, that's why, like you said, uh, even in, you know, Clemson, right. he was just, just a, a leader and just got it done. So, you know, I, I, I really do think uh, they're kind of probably, like you said, I mean, you know, Indianapolis is pretty tough too, so I think it's going to be a great. Uh, I think the players are going to be outstanding. Yeah, and then the NFC, you still have the Rams and the Saints. The Rams are tailing off a little bit. The Saints look good. You got Dak Prescott in Dallas. I think they got to win one more game to get in the playoffs. So you have some interesting storylines there. It seems, but it does seem like it's going to come down to the Rams and the Saints. Um, yeah, Rams. Are, yeah. I'm a little. I, I like. I'm a little. A little trouble <laughs> by how they're tailing off, right? And by uh, you know what's his name is not is playing poorly at the wrong time, right? Uh, Gurley, you know, yeah. Well, not and, only Gurley, but quarterback. and golf, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, this is not the time to be slumping. Yeah, but you got to figure. I mean, you know, they're they're still eleven and three, um, so I, I guess they couldn't. Yeah, maybe keep, they get bored. Yeah, they couldn't keep that. That uh, you know the the unbelievable pace that they started with, New Orleans is twelve and two. Chicago, who we didn't we didn't mention your your hometown, uh, the Bears, the Bears, my, you know, the, ten yeah, and the Bears, Chicago. Talk about a team that's under the radar. Nobody's really giving them a shot to 
you know, to win it all. Right. From A&T. Yeah. Your alma mater. A&T. And he's a, he's a major factor on that team. I know. I know, man. It's great to see. I know uh, a lot of the road fellows, well, HBC people are always talking about how he's carrying that, uh, you know, really carrying that, that mantle. Right. Of, uh, of the HBCUs. He's really, really represent. He's doing great. And, and he's really a, a, like a nice, just a nice kid, you know, a nice young person. Right. Right. No question. So Aggie pride, yeah. Aggie pride all day. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. you know, so, I mean, I would say, I mean, you can't sleep on Chicago. They have that defense. Um, but, you know, a young quarterback who's still kind of unproven. The offense still a little unproven. So, you know, we'll see. I think, I've, you know, most people, most people think the Saints or the Rams come out of there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it depends on who gets, you know, are the Saints going to get home field? I mean, right. the Saints get home field, they're going to be tough. Right. You know, they're a completely different team when you put them on the road. Completely different team. Right, and they, and that's they have they have they control their own destiny as far as that goes. Uh, they're twelve and two now. That's the best record in the league, and they finish up with the Steelers, which is a tough a tough game this week. That's gonna be tough. And and maybe yeah. and then they have the Panthers at home, which they should be able to handle that. They just beat the Panthers away. Yeah. Um, so you know we'll we'll see. Like you said, it's gonna be a great NFL playoffs. You got. I mean, you have you have some heavyweights in both in both conferences, the NFC and AFC, and it's not. There's no given, like you said, uh, the Patriots not looking great. You know, the Saints have had their their little you know, little bumps in the road recently. Definitely, the Rams have, the Chiefs have too. So it's you know it's it's somewhat it's pretty wide open. But, you know, amongst those four or five teams. I wonder what Kareem Hunt is thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys just just wonder. You know. If, you know, just as a journalist, what is this guy thinking? You know, while he's watching this. I mean, is there any remorse or is there any, you know, any anything? <laughs> is there any acknowledgement? Uh, you know, is there any, like, I really need to get help or I was wrong? I'm just wondering what guys like that think. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, we don't know these guys, really, you know. So it's, it's I would I would hope that there's some remorse there, you know, especially in terms of what he actually did. Um, and then even beyond that, in terms of how, you know, how you came, how you come across looking, um, uh, you're, you know, you're, you know, taking responsibility for your own actions. And then on top of that, the responsibility you had to the team and, you know, that they were, right. they were a front runner looking like the Super Bowl was in, inevitable. They were, they were looking unbeatable. Right. They were looking they were unbeatable. Looking unbeatable. And now you know you take that away uh, from the rest of your teammates. So uh, you know I'm sure I'm sure he feel he's got to feel that. I don't think you could be human and not feel that to some extent. Well, I wonder. I mean, you know, you, you, you these guys, man. I mean, you do some stuff like that. You know, particularly where was he during during the whole Ray Rice thing? I mean, doesn't he? Right. I mean, doesn't he know that there's cameras all around the place? I mean, let's just you know. <clears throat> If, you know, maybe if, he, if he's not, if he is literally a psychopath, right? Didn't he? Didn't he learn anything? Yeah, or you know? or he lost his mind, you know, in that moment, or you know, the alcohol could have been involved. Who, you know, who knows? You know. Yeah. Uh, well. But anyway, either way you cut it, it's, it was a horrible look. It's a horrible move. On and then the question is, is anybody going to take this guy? 
and probably well, yes, we should, know we know should that. somebody take it. And that's like you know, right? Two different, well, two, di- two different questions for sure. But uh, it's the NFL. Right. He didn't kneel. He didn't speak up for black people. He'll get a he'll get a job. Right. That's right. He's, yeah, that's right. He didn't do anything right. He didn't <laughs> help black folks. Yeah. No, you know. He just beat up somebody. Yeah, he, you know, he just, he just, you know, beat up a woman. Beat up a woman. That's all. You're you know. white, you're white, a white woman though, so they may even, even that, even right. that. As long, you know, as long as you don't kneel or, you know, or try to try to speak out against racism, you're probably okay as far as the NFL goes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> checks all the boxes. Checks all the boxes. All right. Before I let you get out of here, I want to uh, another. T- uh, I'm going to switch to the NBA, and another. You know, a team that that uh, that obviously I've been covering, uh, that Bill Roden on Sports has been covering, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, inter- you know, they're like the obviously they're the step the step child of of New York basketball. They came over from Jersey, uh, you know, pretty recently. Uh, they still haven't. We, there's still no real uh, hardcore f- fan base in the city, uh, but they are turning things around. Uh, the last few years under uh, Sean Marks, the, the the new GM who came over from the Spurs organization a few years ago, and he came over and they were no, they had no draft picks. They were basically in shambles uh, from you know trading for KG and Paul Pierce you know four or five years ago and and giving up all their draft picks. Now they're in a position where they actually have draft picks next year. On top of that, uh, they're actually fighting for a playoff spot. This year, they've won seven straight uh, games, uh, you know, as we look at it right now. Uh, and and uh, next year, on top of having a draft pick, they also have uh, all this cap room, all this money for free agency, uh, enough actually to – they could actually sign two max players if, if, if those players would agree to come to Brooklyn. And, and my thing – my question to you: I mean, you've you've seen this, for, you you've been around this for years. You know the you know the New York City dynamic. You know the the part that the Knicks play in that. Do you think that Brooklyn can become a a destination team? Could could Brooklyn be New York's team? Is that even possible? <clears throat> well, I think that's a little not possible because it's always going to be the Knicks. But can they attract? Somebody, and I think they can. A max player, like a Dur- like a Kevin Durant or a, or a Kawhi Leonard type. Maybe a Kawhi Leonard or some guy whose mentality is that he'd like to, you know, he'd like to be part of a building, building like a a champion, and be that missing piece, and sort of like take on the Knicks. Now, who that is, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe like uh, Anthony Davis someday. Mm-hmm. You know, guy like that. Um, so I think it's possible. It's not like they're going to – they got money. So, you, you know. Right, that's true. That's you know true, too. I mean? you have, if you have money and you can pay just the same as everybody else. But I look at – is Brooklyn – would you put Brooklyn on the same level? Let's say all things equal from a, from a playing standpoint. Like, if you felt like you could win in Brooklyn – and you felt like you could win for, let's say, the Clippers. Do you put? Do you think Brooklyn yeah. is on the same status as like the LA Clippers? Um, that's tough. I mean, the Clippers have had more recent success, right? But the Clippers are like, 
I look at that, and they, they, they almost look like they're in shambles. And you're playing in, in the shadow of LeBron. Right. And the Lakers. I, I, don't think, I don't think the Knicks cast that kind of shadow. That's true. They don't, they don't, cast, they don't cast a Lakers shadow. Right. They haven't been, they've been so bad for so long that all they've got is just a name they play in the garden. But, heck, man, you know, you could, you know, you could still get your, get a fabulous, you know, crib in Manhattan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. That's, take the car service. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, so I don't, I don't get it. I even think that Brooklyn, you know, Barclays Center and Brooklyn Nets could be doing a better job themselves in terms of promoting what they have. I mean, when you go to games, you know, even like there's, you know, it's not the same type of celebrities. I mean, the Knicks, the Nets are six games, six or seven games better than the Knicks. But if you go to a Knicks game, all the celebrities come out, uh, you know, it's like a Broadway show. It's, you know, people, right. people just want to be there. And why, I don't understand why, the, I understand why the Nets aren't on that exact same level, but I'm not sure why they're not closer. I mean, you're still in New York City. You still have all the resources. You should be able to pull pretty close to the same, you know, the, you know at least, at least celebrity-wise or at least, you know, in terms of, you know, the hype around you. You should be able to, you should be able to, to have some of that. And the Nets don't if have they it. Could pull off, if they could pull off a trade or something where they could Zion Williams, right. a guy like that, mm-hmm. you know, I think that and then you have to have a period of about five years. Mm-hmm. Where you are, you're right there. You know, you're you're challenging the Celtics. You're challenging Toronto. Mm-hmm. You you know, you're right there. You're you're going, you know, round two rounds into the playoffs on a like a consistent level, built around a young superstar. Right. Then I think that you got a shot. But New York is always New York. I mean, the Garden. Right. Uh, but. So you can't take that away, but I don't. I don't know if the Knicks are going to get good anytime soon. But you, you, if I'm the, if I'm, uh, the um, uh, Nets, you better you better do it soon because as soon as the Knicks do good, good is over. Right, and I think that they're pretty much. You look at you look at next year. They're pretty much. It's going to be a battle because, like I said, the Nets have a lot of money. Uh, that that they that they want they want to get you know a big free agent, and they also remember the Nets. They're not that good. They're 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 basically going to be fighting for a playoff spot. There's an argument to be made that they could tank and and try to get Zion Williamson, but they're not trying to do that. They're they're, they're clearly trying to win now, and my assumption is that they they feel like it's more important to get the free agent than than to gamble and try to get you know. To hope you get the number one pick, um, right? Yeah, and also I yeah, think I agree I, with that. And I also yeah. think that they feel confident in their ability to 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 pick good players wherever they are in the draft because they've done that the last few years. They've gotten some sleeper picks now, but the Knicks, on the other hand, they're gonna have they have room for at least one max player next year too. So let's say you're Kevin Durant, who wants to prove him wants to prove that he's a real superstar, and you know that he he just didn't tag along with Golden State and get his rings, and that, that, that's all he can do. Let's say he wants to really prove um, that I'm on LeBron's level or I'm on, you know, a true... Yeah, Kevin would be, Durant would be nuts, nuts if he came to the Knicks. But what, or really if he left 
or if he just left Golden State or went any other way to L.A. I mean, if L.A. is a possibility, I'd be there. If I'm Durant. But what? Is any type of possibility? But what are you? Well, what are you proving? You're not proving if you jump from the from Golden State to LeBron. Like, can don't you? Doesn't he want to? Doesn't shouldn't he want to prove that? Hey, I'm I can win one as the man. That's insane. <laughs> I think that's our talk. That's sports writers talk. Really? The guy's already got two rings. You know, he's clearly regarded as one of the top five players in the league. And why not go to a franchise? A, a legacy franchise like the Lakers, and look, people are still talking about Magic. They're still talking about Kareem. They're still talking about Mike. They're still talking about, you know, the the the, the Lakers are a legendary franchise. Right. You know, if I'm Durant, you know, you put that out of your mind. I got to think the food. Who's got to food? Who to me? You know, to you. I mean, you know, to go there and win two, three more titles. And make the and beat and beat Golden State by the way. Right. Be the ones that, that finally dethrone them. Uh, and LeBron is, is is probably only half. I don't know how many more years, but I think that and I think Durant probably thinks more like that. And you still have the great weather. Right. You've got you're on the West Coast and you're with a legacy franchise. I mean, I think that um, and you join LeBron, you know, and and um, and you create another a new dynasty in L.A. You know, I think that that's more appealing to me than because it's going to be heavy lifting in New York, man. <laughs> it's going to be really heavy lifting in New well, York. Well, he, he would have Ooh, por- he would have Porzingis. <laughs> right, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and and okay, so if it was if it were so you just broke the heart of all uh, New York basketball fans. But okay, so let, so it, it, hypothetically, what if it were between the Nets or the Knicks? What would you do? Um. Probably the Knicks, just because of you know that they're the Knicks. But you know, probably the Knicks. But I just hope that that brother. <laughs> you don't want you don't want that you don't want that for him. You don't you don't you don't want uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy, the Knicks or the, or the what or the Knicks. I know what choice. What kind of choice is that? <laughs> you go from Golden State, living in a city where only rich people can live. You know. But you but New uh, York City New York City is the best city in the world. Well, that's, that's true, too, but work-wise, your job, mm-hmm. he's going to take a lot of criticism because that's just what happens out here. We're going we to, that's just what we do. Right. We're going to tear you down. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, who needs it? Right. You know, who needs it? You know, unless he, unless he kind of wants to come back to these coasts, which he may. I mean, you know, he may. Um, but... Um, Work-wise and legacy-wise, I just stay out west, and if anything, go to the Lakers. Right. Yeah, that's hard to argue. That's Get the hell away from Boogie Cousins, because that shit's about to be crazy. <laughs> Cousins and Draymond. Draymond. Get away from Draymond. Draymond. Get away, please, man. Right. You know. And I, I just put some in my claws. With, if I sign with Lakers, I put in a clause: you cannot get Draymond Green <laughs> under any circumstance. <laughs> you do, I can break my contract. Right, right. Uh, okay, I got you. It makes sense. You know, if I feel bad. I feel bad for, for uh, New Yorkers, but uh, that makes a lot of sense. Well, but that, he's not the only guy. I mean, that, you know, that's somebody. You know, it could be somebody else. It could be a, um, it could be somebody else in their future. Right. You know, who, uh, 
you know, because um, they still got to put somebody around him. And I don't even know if they've got that. At least the Nets seem to have some kind of structure. All right. Well, thanks for uh, I, joining I, us on your show. How's Christmas going to be in the Murphy household? Oh, it's going to it's it's be a really nice, joyous Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Kareem getting all the gifts, so he's got to share something with his little brother, now, right? Yeah, yeah. So Kareem has to. How's he reacting to that? Sharing the limelight. He's he's been he's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. You know, I think I think the age difference is good. Four years. He understands. There's a it's a you know right. it's a baby, and he, there's no choice. We got to take care of the baby. You know what I'm saying? So I think he <laughs> I think he gets that. Uh, but yeah, he's been he's been pretty good so far. And yeah, of course, Christmas is gonna be you know it's gonna be a great time for him. And uh, you know. Hopefully we survive. Hopefully the grown-ups survive. You know, have a have a great great Christmas, uh, great New Year, and we'll we'll get back together, like you said, and uh, and start off 2019. Believe that. I know. Time waits for no one. 2019, <laughs> as Bill Belichick said, on to New Year's. Right. All right, man. Well, you know, uh, all our millions of listeners, thank you, and look forward to. Bigger and better in 2019. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.